this, yeah. <laughs> Check. Awesome. All right. Welcome, welcome, Erica. Uh, this is Dr. Brandy Victory, your host for the Ultimate Biohack for Women. I'm really excited to introduce you to this incredibly wonderful woman who helped me through some things as well. Uh, her name is Erica Flint. She is an award-winning hypnotist, excuse me, award-winning hypnotist, three-time best-selling author, maybe four now, <laughs> speaker on hypnosis and the self-actualized mind, and a co-host of the popular podcast series, Hypnosis, Etc. She is the founder of Cascade Hypnosis Center for Training and Services in Bellingham, Washington. Before becoming a hypnotist, Erica designed software for the high-tech industry, which I find fascinating. She worked in the field for over a decade when she realized how interested she was in the most powerful computing device available, the human mind. Now she combines her analytical expertise along with streamlined hypnosis techniques to train some of the best minds in the world with a powerful system of modern hypnosis specifically designed for entrepreneurs to use to grow their businesses. Erica's heartfelt approach is a trademark of her work. Her focus is on high achievers wanting to become the full expression of who they are in every area of their life, starting with how they show up in their own business. She lives in Bellingham, Washington with her family, including an orange cat named Moose and two happy rescue dogs who love to play soccer. Welcome, welcome, Erica. It's so nice to have you. It's good to uh, see you again. Yeah, it's so good to see you, Dr. Brandy. Man, it's been a, it's, so many things have happened since we last talked, but yeah, I it's know. great to be here. And thank you for having this podcast and helping people with yeah, your wisdom, so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for being here and helping people with your wisdom. You know, um, we had a, uh, a an experience. She did took me through a hypnosis, if you will, and and I just have to say that hypnosis, from her perspective, is a lot different than I expected. I expected, you know, I don't know what I expected really, but when I think about hypnosis, it's uh, I think about people on a stage dancing like a funky chicken and taking their clothes off and you know. <laughs> being under the control of another person. And what I really, really appreciated about your technique was that I was, I always felt like I was in control. I didn't feel like I lost myself at all in the process. So um, yeah, we can certainly talk about some of that. And I also want to talk about your new book that just launched Thursday. Um, and you've just got so much wisdom to share and uh, to help people open their minds to something new. Uh, this is the perfect platform for that. So thank you for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, um, you know, uh, launched the my fourth book on Thursday called The Academy of Eternity, and this has been called Hypnosis for Happiness. Uh, I've spent uh, the last eight years helping people uh, get rid of things with hypnosis using, uh, you know, uh, stopping drinking, stopping smoking, getting rid of bad habits, sleeping better, those types of things. But when people are feeling better, um, now they're interested in leaving, leading a self-actualized life, which is kind of the concept of being all that you can be. Um, and that's just really, you know, that's what this new book is all about. How can we live in a place where we are constantly learning and growing and uh, taking the positive programming? Uh, the programming right now is what uh, I consider the, the words in your head. What are you saying to yourself in your mind, uh, in the privacy of your own mind? Some of the most important words are what we say there. And for a lot of us, it's negative. 
a lot of negative self-talk. And so this, uh, my new work is all about the positive side of that. Once we've healed from our past and the trauma and we have understanding about those things, what's beyond that? Can we lead a life where we're noticing the miracles all day and, and happy and those types of things, a fully empowered life? So that's what the new book is about. And we can talk about that a little bit, but I'm happy to address the stage hypnosis if that's of interest uh, to your audience. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think it's of interest to anybody who hasn't been hypnotized. I mean, right. how can it not be? I'm sure you've gotten that question asked a million times. This is a big part of a professional hypnotist. So I'm a trainer. I've trained a couple hundred people in hypnosis. We, you know, I love training hypnotists, but part of the job as a professional hypnotist is to talk about what you do because there are so many misperceptions out there in the world. And uh, the misperceptions usually come from Hollywood, quite, quite frankly, even the stage hypnotists, um, most stage hypnotists that I know at least are also have a clinical practice. And so stage hypnosis is for entertainment purposes, but most of the people up on stage are actually hypnotized. Um, and so how that works is you might have people in your life who, you know, just by me mentioning this, they love getting up on stage. They love singing and dancing. They love acting. They love the attention to some degree. Uh, and they are open to getting up on stage and being vulnerable and being that. And so we all have people in our life. I have, you know, one of my sisters would totally volunteer for something like this. I personally would never volunteer to go up on, on the stage. It's just not my thing. I'm not interested in that type of a thing, right? Um, in the hypnosis office, right? What we're doing, because people ask me all the time, are you going to make me quack like a duck? Are you going to make me bark like a dog? That type of thing, right? Yeah. And it's funny because that's really all the people know. They see it on, they might see it in a movie. They might see hypnosis at a fair or at a high school graduation or that type of thing. And that's all they know about it. But when people ask me that question, you know, I kind of laugh. I'm like, well, is that really what you want to do? I can help you with that. But most people want to, uh, to come to me to uh, work on problems that um, are really of interest to them. Most people aren't actually interested in knowing how to quack like a duck or bark like a dog. You could probably do that without any hypnosis as a matter of fact, right? <laughs> and so then they laugh they laugh and it's like, you know, hypnosis really is the ability to tap into something inside of you. You know, it's there. We know that there's something there because we're unable to do what we think we should be able to do. Oh, I don't want to drink, but then I do. I don't want to smoke, but then I do. I don't, you know, I want to get to bed early so that I can get up early in the morning, but I stay up Netflixing all night. Right. So we know there's something there but we don't know what it is. And hypnosis is the secret sauce that allows us to tap into that and release it because it's in our subconscious mind. That's what we work with in hypnosis. So uh, we can talk more and more about that as much as you'd like, but um, it really is something that um, I want people to know that if there's something in the world that you're unable to do, but you think you should be able to do it, hypnosis will help you get there. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and uh, honestly, I mean, if any, of my uh, the listeners out there have been listening to my podcast for any amount of time they've heard me talk about the power of the subconscious mind because our our, our memories are stored there our trauma is stored there our our belief patterns are stored there the things we've learned from our mothers fathers preachers and teachers are stored in the subconscious and as I describe it, and I would love to hear how you describe it as I describe it the subconscious is playing in the background it's just like this quiet little movie set that keeps repeating itself over and over and over again so that we can survive. However, the subconscious is basing, it's, it doesn't understand time. So it, it just understands 
the the survival mechanism and its duty to help you survive. So it's got you basically wearing rose colored glasses so that you're on the lookout for all these things that might have happened when you were a kid, you know? So, oh, don't go near men with dark hair that have that kind of cologne or, you know, <laughs> whatever the whatever the story is, right? Because it's really real in our subconscious, even though the story or the experience or the pain or the trauma may be have may not even have happened for 30, 40, 50 years, right? Exactly. Precisely. And you said it exactly right. The subconscious doesn't have an awareness of time. And this is what happens with trauma and levels of, you know, PTSD or things like that, where we can be out in the world and get kind of re-traumatized. The brain thinks it's happening all over again. It thinks it's happening right now. And so then you can get a panic response and those types of things. And to a small degree, people are just feeling anxious, right? So you don't even have to have necessarily trauma or anything like that. People are just there. It's, you know, anxiety. And so how do we, um, how do we get rid of that? That's in the subconscious. So latest studies say something like 95% of our information comes from subconscious. And the way that they test that is they do things in the brain to try and determine when we become aware of something. And so this is a really good point. We're super smart. We have, we have such an amazing brain, um, but the brain is layered. And so our conscious mind, which kind of sits in the forefront here, our prefrontal cortex, that's what we're paying attention to, but it's limited. And so the subconscious mind is kind of in the back um, processing all of this information and gathering information, organizing it, putting it into kind of buckets and labeling it um, on our behalf so that our conscious mind can just kind of focus on, you know, the seven to nine bits of information that this conscious mind can focus on. So, um, and then we have the unconscious mind and the unconscious mind is your body's consciousness. So when we feel a gut feeling, when we feel it, that knee jerk reaction, or we start to get anxiety, that's really even deeper. So now our body is giving us feedback and telling us, Hey, maybe there's something to, to be, uh, worried about or, or pay attention to. And so when we're using tools of, of hypnosis and techniques that you can use in hypnosis, we have the opportunity, what I call real-time evolution. We can get rid of those old patterns, those old primes, those old things that happened to us in the past. Uh, we can work through them. And then the subconscious isn't impacting us negatively throughout the day. So we're more peaceful, we're more focused, we're more calm. Interesting. Interesting. I haven't really heard, or at least I've not made the connection of the unconscious mind is expressed through the body, through feeling and sensation. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because it would seem to me, we would like one of the practices that I'm working on, like I have, have been for many years is to listen more intently about what my body is saying. My boyfriend, he's uh, law enforcement. He's, he's a trainer now, national trainer, but he was on the street for a long time, 20 years or something. And uh, he, he would tell me over and over and over again, he's like, I've heard it so many times that people who got like something happened to them, they will always say, oh, I had a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. I had a gut feeling or, oh, I thought so, but then logic sets in, right? So can you speak a little bit more about that and, 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 and your understanding of how we can come more to be aware of what's being said through the body? Of, from the unconscious? Sure. I mean, there's a, there's some really good books on this topic. One of my favorite is called the body keeps the score. Um, and it's not an easy read, but the idea is the, the body, the physical body is going to remember things. So it's going to remember, um, pain and suffering trauma, that type of thing. So, um, this is where we can have those, you know, I had a client once who, um, she wouldn't get really freaked out with the color red. 
And she didn't know why, um, but through the course of our time together, it was revealed that um, she had been abused, sexually abused when she was um, younger and her, um, th that person had um, worn a red hat. She had blocked all of that out um, and she knew that she didn't really like the color red and she could kind of deal with it throughout the day. I mean, red is everywhere, right? <laughs> but um, in, in, you know, the privacy of the hypnosis session, she was able to tell me, you know, I just really don't like the color and it just kind of freaks me out. And she thought it was weird too. She feels awkward that she doesn't like the color red. So she doesn't like telling people that she's afraid of the color red. I mean, she feels silly, right? But then through the hypnosis session, when she realized that he wore that red hat, just the knowledge that maybe that's where that fear came from was so validating for her. And it was like, oh, I'm not going crazy. There is a reason. It's not a rational reason, right? Because everybody with a red hat is not her abuser. Uh, it's not rational. However, it's still driving her behavior and it was still limiting her in many ways. So once we got rid of it, she felt validated. And then she was like, oh, okay, I get it. I don't agree, but I get it. And so she felt better. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Man, it's really incredible to think about. I mean, you're just like stimulating my mind about things I've heard over the, you know, 20, whatever years I've been in practice from people. And, uh, you know, I think everyone, it would seem has some kind of subconscious challenge, block, limitation, something that that's causing them to not be able to step fully into the direction they want to step into or right. to to live the life they desire to live. Cause then, then they just make this story up in front of it. That's like, well, I can't, I have kids. I'm a mom. I'm a woman. I'm, <laughs> you know, all these then, reasons. Yeah. Yeah. All the reasons. And, and, and yet, and yet we don't even realize we're doing that. Right. It's so crazy. It is. And this is why it is important to have a practice because if you're doing meditation or you're doing self-hypnosis, it quiets things enough around you for you to have the awareness to step outside of your own life and have that insight um, that, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Why? Oh my gosh, I've been doing this for three years. It's going to be like this forever. If I don't make a change, you know, those types of things, we need that, that type of help in our life. But one thing that I like to point out, because this is very common is as we're going through our life, we insert certain adaptations into our life to accommodate certain things. Like say, for example, when you were in school, Dr. Brandy, you know, when we're in college, right. We, we make certain adaptations to our schedule because we're studying extra or we're not working as much. So we kind of like, there are adaptations that we put into our life under certain circumstances and it can be at, you know, for anything at all. And then um, over time, it turns out that those adaptations don't help us anymore. You know, so for example, um, I've helped a lot of folks who did have a habit of drinking, you know, they start drinking when they were younger because of abuse, right? Now, a lot of times that will help people survive, right? Um, there's a lot of people who commit suicide, who don't make it beyond certain levels of trauma. And then, you know, they turn around 22, 23, 25 years old and have a drinking problem now. And it's like, perhaps something like that, an adaptation, whether you agree with it or not, can be beneficial for us to get through a trying time. It kind of bridges us from one place to the other. We put it, oh, I'm just going to do this for a little bit. I'm just going to get there. Right. Yeah. Um, but then a year later, like that adaptation is now part of your life. And so a lot of the work that I do, which is really validating to a lot of my clients is like, we're turning around looking, oh, the reason I started smoking or drinking or eating too much or gaining weight was because I was trying to solve this problem, which I did. And now I don't need it anymore. 
And so it's super validating for people because they recognize the um, ways that they're solving problems in their life and they don't feel bad about it. So I just want to point out a lot of the the things that we're doing in hypnosis are recognizing the uh, ways we've solved problems in the past that aren't serving us anymore. So we drop them. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. One of the things that comes to mind, like from my experience and uh, is emotional eating on that, on that scale. And uh, I, I actually believe we're all born emotional eaters. I mean, if you think about it, as soon as we come out of the womb and we start crying, a boob is put into our mouth, you know, or a bottle. And, and so, of course, we have that from the very beginning pattern or program that set in. Um, I noticed there are some people who are more emotional eaters like myself. I tend to be a very emotional eater, my boyfriend, not so much, you know, <laughs> um, and then others not. And I have seen myself get into patterns where I'm like, okay, my grandmother's dying. It's fine. I'm emotionally eating right now. Like I'm very aware when I do it. Uh, and then there's, then there, then like you said, it can go on. Like, I'm like, okay, why am I eating right now? Cause there's That's what I'm talking about stress. Yeah. <laughs> So it's okay when we recognize it, right? And through that time period, I know I'm emotionally eating or I know I'm distracting myself with Facebooking or whatever, because it's the awareness, you know, if you know that you're doing it and you say to yourself, I know I'm doing it for this time period, usually that's okay. It's that we don't do that. We forget. And then it just gets stuck. It keeps going. We keep eating, we keep drinking, we keep whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And then we, then we feel shame or guilt around that. And we have a story around it about how bad we are. And then the story kind of keeps us stuck in a loop because we're bad. We have to prove that to ourselves, and we have shame. We have to keep shaming ourselves, Right. And so you're saying hypnosis will help with all of that. Hypnosis gets us out of that cycle. Hypnosis gives us another way of thinking about things. It really gives you an opportunity to step outside yourself and give yourself a perspective, a different perspective. Um, For a lot of folks, one way that they've described it is a really deep breath, like the deepest breath they've ever taken. Um, And I know that's kind of a strange thing to say, but I think we've all had a moment where we're like, oh, and it's just like, Oh, it's that level of relief where it is a reset, a nervous system, emotional, spiritual reset back to like this delicious place, right? Where, you know, life seems magical and you're noticing the possibilities. It's really is, you know, we do spring cleaning and we know it's like, there's a lot of things in life that feel really good when we take a, a close look and clean things up and hypnosis Oh man, it can clean up your nervous system, emotion, and then you feel light and free again. Yeah. I, and I said, I felt that after our session, I can remember I was so relaxed. Yeah. You sent me an email. It was, it was really nice uh, about how even days later you were feeling good and that that's expected. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because, you know, we go get a massage because we're tight and the next day we're tight again. Right. So it's like, how do we get to a place where we can actually let go of things, not just put a bandaid on it. Right. And I'm with you on this. I, I, it's the subconscious stuff. I, I mean, you have to clear the subconscious to have fullness of healing happen. Yeah. And when you work on things in the subconscious, then everything else is easier. It's like cooking with really good ingredients. Everything turns out really awesome when you cook with good ingredients. Right. So when we, when we go into subconscious and we clear all that out, um, there are just the knee jerk reactions are gone. People are more peaceful. They're happier. They're, they are usually uh, reconnecting their relationships improve. They sleep better and they usually get reconnected to something 
that is more of like a hobby or a joy for them. They get back into something that they used to absolutely love to do and can't, can't even think of why they stopped doing it in the first place. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. You know, I've honestly, I've met and I've done hypnotherapy a few times with multiple different practice practitioners. And I, I, I didn't really like, it, it was okay. Like my, all my experience, except the one I had with you, it was, it, they were okay. I didn't feel like I went under, um, of course that's what I expected. And, and, and with you, I didn't feel that way either, but it was a completely different experience. I felt like I actually released things in our session together rather than, um, just kind of scratching the surface is what it's been in the past. And, and there's been, um, there's different kinds of consciousness that come to the, come to the hypnotherapy game. And I just want to recognize and that you the, the level of consciousness that you hold with, with me, and I'm sure with every patient that you have or, or student for that matter is spectacular. Like it, it was amazing to be in your presence through, through the process. And I felt very held and it felt, you felt like you bring an angelic pro- quality to the process. So I just want to say that out loud and recognize you for that because it takes a lot. It's clear you've done your work and uh, you're a hundred percent right oh, there. Thank you so much. It's just so good to hear. And it, it really is. I just absolutely love it because really what's happening is I get the honor of being in your consciousness with you and it's super intimate, right? I mean, I don't know of anything. I mean, maybe sex, right? But in that you could put that on a different category, but like really being in someone's consciousness and helping them understand and navigate what's going on is just such an honor. And it is so amazing to be there. You have to be so fully present. It's like a hundred percent of everything right there. Right. So the work is amazing. I'm so glad that you can feel it because that's like when we join, when our consciousness join in that moment to help solve a problem for you or help you feel better or whatever. Now it's like the whole world opens up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing. So I know that there's probably some people listening and they're like nervous about the intimacy and, um, that, you know, I can feel a little bit, maybe fear could come up like, Oh gosh, I don't want somebody in my consciousness. And, uh, how, what if I lose control or, you know, I'm sure there's all these fears that come up when this, in this conversation as we're talking. And I'm just wondering how you address that. Yeah, there's no, um, there's no way a, a hypnotist can control you in hypnosis any, in any other, there's nothing about hypnosis that makes uh, someone be able to control you in any way. Hypnosis is, is super safe. It's, it's definitely, um, something that we do together. Right. So it's kind of like a dance, you know, someone leads the dance and the other person follows. Um, Erica. Erica. You're here. I'm here. I don't know what happened. I was talking and then I heard you say Erica and I looked up and you were frozen and I'm like, one of us is frozen. I don't know which one. So I guess we both were. (laughs) Okay. So I had asked you that question and you were beginning to answer. So if you could just, 
What was the question about? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that I can sense that my, uh, some of my listeners are probably sitting in fear. And I, I, and, and, and I think mostly the fear around the intimacy, someone being in my consciousness, and then, and then I'm going to have to look at things. What if I don't know, want to know I got sexually molested when I was six years old? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you, how do you, how does someone know when they should come see you? When, well, a lot of clients come to us out of desperation. I wish they didn't, but they've tried everything else. First of all, second, there are, um, there's going to be a lot of your listeners out there who recognize that this is probably the only way that there is something deep and there is something, and they want a person, a loving, compassionate person to help them with it. So they're actually kind of nervous to do it on their own. And they know that there's a big deal there. Um, for other folks, um, you know, it's the, the um, desire for change, right? They want something different. So they're willing to be vulnerable and share what's in their heart, uh, which is the reality. Um, we don't get many, um, at least I haven't gotten many instances where there's like a hidden memory or something that they haven't remembered. Um, most of the experiences that come up in hypnosis um, are remembered, but there's not enough weight, uh, attached to them. Or they think oh, it's like, Oh, I thought I solved that problem with my brother. Oh, we went to counseling for that. We worked on that. That can't be the issue. Yes. That's normally what's coming up is things yes. that things that people are already aware of and have talked about. Right. Yes. That makes sense. And they think they've worked on it. So everything should be better now. Right. Right. And they're like, and the conscious mind says, no, you worked on that. You fixed that. You fixed that. Oh, I don't know what it can be. Well, yeah. probably the work isn't probably finished. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, there are going to be some, some, um, um, circumstances. And I tend to work with the hard cases. I tend to work with, uh, folks where they've tried everything else and they are willing to do that because they want a better life. Oh, I love it. I love it. Great. Thank you for that. That's beautiful. And, you know, I would like to touch on this book that you've just written. And if I remember correctly, this is the ultimate biohack for women. So we can talk about anything here. Okay, cool. <laughs> if I remember correctly, uh, this was, uh, had something to do with God consciousness. It Am does. I right? Talk about that, please. Oh, you know, there's only one person here. We are all God, right? We're all um, parts of God. And when we recognize that and know that, then we can um, invite the divinity that's already within each of us to express itself. So this book, The Academy of Eternity, unlock the full potential of your heart, mind, now and forever. It includes hypnosis, brain entrainment. Now we know, and you probably already know this, Dr. Brandy, that the heart has the strongest electromagnetic current in our bodies. So we can entrain something, at least it's been measured 10 feet away. So with certain music, with certain brain entrainment components, we can help bring the brain into a really good, nice state of alpha, uh, an alpha brainwave state, which is the daydreamy floaty uh, brainwave state. Now, when we're in this state, and we're noticing things around us. Um, this is part of it, right? The ability to notice and become aware of miracles in front of you and the synchronicities and all of those things. As we do that, it carries us along into deeper states of being. And so as we're following, just like a, a you know negative self-talk, we can talk ourselves into being fearful and anxious. And oh, we've all heard of negative self-talk. This is the exact opposite. So this is like positive self-talk, right? Um, 
and music, singing, dancing, and uh, self-hypnosis all combined in a format that helps people li live a life that feels self-actualized. And so what that means is for me in the last year, I've um, produced, I think, I don't know, eight or nine songs, a wow. book, like just all sorts of things that we would consider just super creative, super creative. And each of us has that inside of us to create and live and, and live our best life. And that's exactly what the Academy of Eternity is all about. Um, so yeah, that's available on Amazon right now, but for your listeners, they can email me and I'll send them a free copy if you'd like. Oh, that is amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I have a link to that and uh, put it in the show notes so they can get in touch. With, so you want to email, I'll get you an email and I'll put that in the show notes so they can get in touch with you. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, ladies, you can hear the, the elevation of this woman and her beauty that comes from a space beyond the external. So, um, you know, thank you so much. It's, it's so beautiful to be in your radiance and to, to see your glow and to, to know you. So, um, I'm so excited to share this with my listeners and, uh, yeah. Is there anything else you would like to say before we go? Yeah. I just say, uh, like to say to all of the female biohackers out there, I love you. You guys are awesome. You're doing great work. We're building a new earth here with all of the great work that Dr. Brandy is doing that I'm doing in the world. We have higher expectations. We know that we can live in a better state. And that's what I'm doing is what Dr. Brandy's doing. So Dr. Brandy, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, ladies, um, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>